Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, running, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby, go. What is going on, everybody? It's another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. We are moving on to the championship round of the NFL. This weekend, we've got the NFC Championship and the AFC Championship both on Sunday. So you're going to have to find something to do with Saturday now as we cannot sit around and watch football all day. Although I'm sure most of our wives and or significant others will appreciate us not doing that. Got the usual crew with us here on Thursday to preview these games. Dennis and Matt are with me. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, Looking forward to seeing who these people living in my house are on Saturday. (laughs) <laughs> My wife is also ready. She has scheduled a couple's dinner at uh, Cracker Barrel on Saturday night. So, See, you guys are much better men than me. I have yet to tell my wife there's no football on Saturday. I'm going to see how long I can get away with that before plans are made. Uh, we've got two really good games going on uh, this Sunday. We're going to talk about those, uh, how our weekly playoff competition is going, uh, the one that Matt put together, and I think that's it. Are those the only two that we have playoff-wise? Yeah. yeah. And maybe, if we're lucky, WandaVision. We'll definitely get into some WandaVision. I have a feeling like only two games we might get this show over with in 30 minutes. So we can definitely add in a, like a five, 10 minute talk on WandaVision really quick as episode three drops tomorrow, correct? Yep. Tomorrow. I am I'm looking forward to that, but let's talk football first. Got the 11 and 5 Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the 13 and 3 Green Bay Packers. For Tampa Bay, Antonio Brown and Mike Evans are both dealing with knee injuries. You got Chris Godwin dealing with a hip and quad. Ronald Jones, finger and calf all are limited. Uh, they have practiced. Uh, they look like they will be listed as questionable. I imagine they are all going to play. Biggest game of the year for them technically at the moment because if they lose, uh, there is no more season for them. Green Bay side, Lazard dealing with the wrist injury, Jamal Williams ankle, A.J. Dillon quad, Crosby a shoulder. They all had limited practice and are listed as questionable as well. The big thing is going to come down to this Green Bay Packers offense against the Buccaneers defense. That kind of seems to be the strength on strength here. Can the Buccaneers defense do anything to slow down Rodgers and the Packers? Well, it's going to be interesting to to watch. Um, I, I'm all in on Aaron Rodgers this season. I think uh, uh, he he's mocking all of us that looked at the uh, Packers draft and said they are so stupid for not drafting a wide receiver, and he's just spent 20 weeks now saying you guys are just so dumb. Don't you guys know I don't like rookie wide receivers? It takes two or three seasons for me to even like a wide receiver. So none of those guys, we if we had drafted them this year, would have been relevant to us anyways. So, you know, they've got the deep threat with MBS. Uh, you know, Lazard is one of the best blocking wide receivers. And then Devontae Adams with 20 targets, 17 catches, 125 yards. 11 touchdowns, you know, Adams just does his thing. It's Tampa's got a good defense, but like I said, uh, I'm in on Rodgers this week. Yeah, I think we thought last week if the Rams were going to have a chance, they would need that number one defense to stop and slow down someone. You know, I think it was 
tend you would tend to think that Jalen Ramsey would have had a chance to slow down Adams. They didn't slow down Rodgers or Adams or Aaron Jones. To me, what's going to give Tampa Bay a chance is they have a pretty good offense on their own. Um, you know, the Packers have one really great corner, which, you know, if you had, you know, if it was reversed, you'd know what the matchup was going to be. The strength yeah. of Tampa Bay's passing game is a plethora of weapons. So hopefully they can get some scoring and keep up a little bit. They have a couple of running backs. Green Bay hasn't been as good against the run. What they have to hope is they can get some pressure on Aaron Rodgers, that they can keep Aaron Jones from going too far off, you know, and they did a pretty good job with Kamara last week. You know, he got 80 something yards, but it's not like he ran all over him. And they have to hope that they can get opportunistic and get a turnover or two. That was what really made the difference against the saints. They got four turnovers. They got three picks and they got a fumble that they were able to create. You would figure Rogers. I think at this point in time, we would all agree is a lot better shape than Drew Brees. He's probably not likely to give away some of those balls, but they were opportunistic. They were trying to flock to the ball. That's how they got that Jared cook turnover. And that turned into seven points for them. So I think, I don't know how you guys feel. I think this game is going to be fairly close. If they can get one or two plays and stay in it, the game's not going to be too big for Tom Brady, who's now in his 14th conference championship. Sure, it's his first NFC one, but it's not like he doesn't have experience. They have other players that have some experience uh, going deep in the playoffs too. So I I think they have a chance, but they have to do what the Rams couldn't do. The Rams couldn't stop people and they couldn't get any turnovers. If you can't do that, I think it's hard to beat Green Bay, especially in Green Bay. Well, I, I think part of the challenge may be with Tampa is that they are so banged up at every position. So mm-hmm. are, are we going to be looking at a game where, you know, Tampa's weapons are Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, Keyshawn Vaughn, uh, and Cameron Brait? Is that going to be their offense? Can I think all those guys are – they're, they've been limited and they're a little banged up. I think they're all expected to play to some level. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, 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 would think the two, I was kind of facetious there. I would think the two biggest ones are probably Rojo and Evans because they came in injured before last week. And especially Rojo got, it looked like hurt again on that run. Uh, I know he came back in there, but he on got the one that didn't again. even count. Yeah. So that was I, the I most frustrating part. I feel like those two. So what's interesting for me is obviously we know the history between Evans and Lattimore. Like Evans just never seems to – he has like one out of six good games against Lattimore. Who are you guys expecting Jair to match up against? Because I I know – have we heard anything more on what is wrong with Antonio Brown? I know he got an MRI on his knee. Did they give like an actual diagnosis on what was wrong with him? I haven't seen a lot more detail, but he, you know, where where you guys talked about maybe Evans being the most one you're most nervous about. I'm actually, if one of those guys misses, I think it could be Brown because he came off yeah. the field in the second quarter and never came back. But the thing is, you know, you mentioned Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson had some pretty great plays. At least they have some depth. Evans didn't look like he was too banged up, and he still looks like the guy they're trying to take shots to. I would. If it's me, that's if you're shadowing with somebody, that's probably who I'm shadowing with. He's, he's your touchdown guy, too. He's the yeah. one. We, we've made jokes all season. Even last week, you saw it. They got down in the red zone. They're like, oh, where's Mike Evans? Yeah. Well, and with Evans, you know, I was joking about all those backups playing. Yeah. Evans seems to have developed, I think, the best chemistry with Brady. And some of that, I think, comes down to the fact that he's so much bigger then, you know, Brady's used to throwing to Gronk. And at this stage of his career, Evans is like a young Gronk. So he gets out there. He's yeah. big. He's got that big catch radius. He can, he, you know, keep the defender off the ball. And I think there's comfort in that. So he, and he's still probably a little faster than Gronk in his prime. So it, for as much as we talk about, well, it's, you know, end zone Evans. Uh, Brady goes to him a significant amount of time, you know, 15, 18 yards down the field. They're they're taking shots with Evans and letting him make plays. Um, you know, unfortunately, I think that Brady's most comfortable with Scotty Miller, but just due to hierarchy, I don't think Miller gets a chance to play any uh, enough to be relevant. I think Brady would like to have Miller on the field, but they're not going to set Godwin for Miller, and they're not going to set – 
AB for Miller for any significant amount of time. So, but you might see more of a rotation, really. Yeah, I, I think the most, Brown is, is is dinged out. Yeah, I see. I think that's the most likely. I don't think any of them particularly is inactive or misses, but you might see more of keeping bodies fresh because. You know, Godwin got nicked up a little bit last week, too, and we've also seen in both of the playoff games he's had a little bit of trouble hanging on to some big passes. Um, so, and, you know, by contrast, you know, Tyler Johnson wasn't out there a lot, but he made some big plays. Scotty Miller yeah. made some plays when he was out there. I think they'll use them all. They're going to do, you know, it's win or go home. So you're yeah. going to put everyone out well, there and make it happen. I'm going to start a rumor. Is there? Do you think there's any anything out there that maybe AB has acted up a little bit because he's not getting the volume, and so behind the scenes he's kind of and Bruce Arians is going, you know, screw you, I don't, I, I'm not going to take your shit. I didn't take it before. I'm not taking it now. We got great guys. If you want to be part of this and, and maybe get a, a ring, toe the line, stop your bitching. I mean, I wouldn't think so. I mean, he looked like he actually got hurt with the way he got up. But, I mean, they did send him. I mean, I guess they could just say we're sending him for an MRI and be lying. But I, I don't think so. I I think he legitimately probably hurt his knee. I just – we haven't really heard much of it outside of – I think they sent to, they said on Monday or Tuesday he was going yeah. to get an MRI, and then so I haven't heard anything the since. MRI v- revealed no structural damage. Uh, he's considered day-to-day he hurt his knee – against the Saints only playing 27 snaps. So I think he legitimately, because they were talking about it during the broadcast too, Yeah, and it looked like he pulled up lame on one of the plays and went to the sideline, and you didn't yeah, see him I, back. I, I remember seeing the play. He did look like he got hurt. I mean, I won't lie. I, I did not watch like the first part of that game. I was still kind of reeling from the game before that. It took a little that bit of time. Totally to understandable. Uh, it took me a little bit of time to turn that game on to try and actually enjoy football that afternoon. So, yeah, I think that's more that. Now, maybe if you find something like in the offseason on maybe why they don't want to re-sign him, I could buy that. But I, I do think he's probably hurt, uh, and that's well, why he's going through what he's going through. I feel like – He's been a pretty decent teammate and team player since he got to come back. Yeah. I think he's happy to be on a team where it looks like they're going to win. And they've been using him and kind of increasing his role in the offense. Even in that first playoff game, they had a big bomb to him for a touchdown. So I, I would be, you know, I haven't seen anything that makes me think like he's acting up and it did look like he got hurt. But I guess with a player that has that kind of a checkered history, you can never be certain. Yeah. Right. So the big matchup for staying on Tampa Bay side here, the big matchup is obviously the Packers give up more on the ground than they do through the air, even though Tampa Bay strength is likely in the air. We already talked about Ronald Jones kind of coming in here messed up, not messed up, but injured, obviously with the with uh-huh. the calf and the finger. Are you trusting him? And if not, are you leaning on Leonard Fournette in any kind of fantasy situation? I mean, Fournette did look pretty good last week, but Rojo just seems to still be the guy again. Packers giving up a ton of work on the ground. Well, Fournette is getting yardage consistently. Rojo is explosive. Now, Fournette was never known, even in his best days, as being explosive. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago when he was tearing it up or like maybe even last season, uh, tearing it up in Jacksonville, you know, he, numerous games, he had 60 or 70 yard runs where he got ran down uh, and people caught from behind. So uh, I, I don't think you have that situation with Rojo. It, it comes down to it. If, if Rojo is out, I feel very comfortable playing for If he's playing in their splitting time, then it comes down to is Arians going to try to put a game plan in place to, to slow the clock down uh, or to milk the clock by run, using those two backs uh, to run the ball and eat up a lot of clock. Uh, there's certainly a risk to it. Neither one of them are anywhere near as explosive as uh, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. Yeah. But, you know, I, I feel much better about uh, Fournette, if if I know Jones is out, I think Fournette's probably the one that I would 
of those two that I would feel most comfortable playing regardless of whether Jones suits up or not. However, I mean, I think you saw last week what what happens when they both play. They were both in the 60-yard range. Neither of them is a dynamic receiver, and they're not playing on a team that needs a dynamic running back receiver. In fact, we've seen at various points this season, even when both of them were healthy, that they are happy to put in somebody like a LaShawn McCoy or a Keyshawn Vaughn to catch passes as well. So that, to me, limits really the upside. If you're choosing between picking a Tampa Bay running back and a running back on any other team aside from the Bills uh, for DFS, actually, I guess this is like the DFS perfect storm for running backs. The only great choice is Aaron Jones because I don't think Kansas City or Buffalo have a lot of appeal either. Fournette probably will have a – you know, pretty stable. I think he gets somewhere between 50 and 80 yards, probably nothing in the really much to speak of in the passing game. If Jones was out, it's possible, you know, Fournette could get in the 100 to 110 range, but I think it's going to come down to both these teams throwing. I mean, last week, Fournette caught five of six targets for 44 yards, not a ton of yardage, but and a touchdown. So, I mean, he's getting the, he, he gets the volume only Godwin got, got had more targets him. than him. Yeah, only Godwin had more targets than Fournette last week. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I I'm having to use other running backs besides Aaron Jones, so <laughs> I, I do understand the pain of trying to put that together right oh, I know. now. Yeah, I think we know the same thing. <laughs> I was looking. I was like. Ah. Let me give you the best of the worst just, options here. I'm going to give you a sneak peek. If uh, Green Bay doesn't make the Super Bowl, my weekly playoff lineup competition bet has uh, circled the drain. Yeah, I've got one guy left. Assuming, well, no, actually, I take that back. I'm going all in on the two teams I think are going to lose this week. So if uh, if if either one of those wins, I might be screwed for next week's competition. So going on to, to Green Bay side here, I think you could say it's the opposite of Tampa Bay's defensive strengths. Their strength really comes in stopping the run. But the Packers have two dynamic weapons outside of Aaron Rodgers, who's obviously the X factor. We kind of talked about him last week being the X factor in those games. And this one, you obviously know that you can count on Rodgers for the most part, even though he had his worst performance of the season against this defense earlier in the year. Tampa Bay's defense is much better at stopping the run, although their secondary did step up last week. I would say from the parts of the game I watched, to see more of that was on Drew Brees than maybe how good that defense is, but it maybe is a mixture of the two. Regardless, we just talked about Aaron Jones is likely the best, not even likely, he is the best running back right now available in this round. So is there any doubt in your mind in playing him this week against this very good Tampa Bay run defense? Uh, there's no doubt in playing him. I, however, am not playing him because much like Matt, uh, well, we're all saving him for the next round. Right. Spoiler alert. We must all be picking Green Bay. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've been on the Green Bay train for a while here, so I I was, Tampa Bay has proved me wrong. I did not think they were going to get this far. I'm pretty sure I had them losing to Washington. Mm. I had them losing to New Orleans last week. So they 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 proved me wrong, and maybe they'll prove me wrong again this week. And yeah, I'm I'm all in on that. We talked about Devontae Adams last week, or me and me and Dennis did. Matt, you weren't here with us. We talked about how we expected Adams to have a good game, not a, a great game against Jalen Ramsey. I felt like he probably had maybe a little bit better than good. We had like 60 yards and a touchdown. I think I said yeah, he was going to get 80. 966 and a touchdown. Ah, so close. I thought he was going to get around 80 yards and a touchdown. So a great, not a good game. For, for Adams, right there, I would say by great. You know, it's a very good game. Are we expecting him to be better or worse this week? Again, Tampa Bay doesn't really have any shutdown corners like Jalen Ramsey, but they have a decent secondary all around. Your thoughts on Adams in this game? And we saw Lazard was the one who really kind of stepped up last week. Uh, Scantling didn't do much, neither did Bobby Tanyan. Uh, in that matchup, who do you expect to step up outside of Adams, knowing that they can't just rely on Adams to get him 200 yards receiving and multiple touchdowns? Well, I'm I'm gonna you know step out of your MVS shade there for a minute. I just said he didn't do no. good last week. He was great in the wait. They he had the Lazard, didn't they? Lazard no. and MVS had the same number of targets and the same number of catches last week. But how many Lazard, Lazard just got lucky with the one big play that he got the touchdown on. Typically, that's MVS. So, 
you, you know, it, it's Lazard and MVS. It, it's a crapshoot with the two of those guys. Uh, and, and we know it. So uh, I forget what the question was. I got so wrapped up in my who, guy. Who do you so, think will who will be the one that steps up outside of Adams this week? We all expect Adams is going to have a good game. I, I can't imagine. He's actually, I, I would say these two teams, when they played it earlier in the season, the fact that the Buccaneers don't have a shutdown corner may actually have made more of a difference because what they were doing – which is part of the reason they were able to upend Aaron Rodgers and the Packers is they were using zones of double and triple coverage on Adams. And when Rodgers tried to force, in fact, the pick six Rodgers threw was trying to get it to Adams and because of the blanketed coverage. And to me, that was Green Bay has struggled to come back because no one other than Adams stepped up. So if they want to break that kind of, super coverage that that they're going to start out with i imagine on adams they've got to have either jones break for big run or out of the backfield or they've got to have a ton in or an mbs make a big strike that forces tampa bay to respect the other options they they were basically blanketing to take away adams in that game it looked like and it was successful yeah i think tampa's process is going to be to double Adams, and they believe that their defensive line is going to get pressure on Rodgers so that he won't have a ton of time, um, which is a reasonable plan, and that's how that defense works. Uh, I think Adams will still, you know, he's going to get his 10 targets or whatnot. Uh, But like Matt said, it's going to come down to can Lazard or MVS convert a big play you yeah, know, like and so it, that, that's what MBS has done this year. So that first meeting, it looks like, um, was when Lazard was out, and also, and Aaron Jones didn't wasn't able to do much. So they didn't have Lazard in that game. But in that first meeting, the, the Packers lost thirty eight to ten. Yeah. It was a real kind of a, a shocking. But you know, MBS got three for thirty two. Tanyan got three for twenty five. Jones was only able to get three for twenty six. You know, they held Rodgers below 200 yards and they were able to sack him four times and force him into two turnovers. That, you know, I don't think it's going to be quite that suffocating of a performance. I think the Packers have gotten stronger as the season went on and they're at home. That's going to make a difference. But those are the kind of things Tampa Bay has to try to do. Blanket Adams and hope that no one else can step up and get one or two turnovers if they want to win. Yeah, I mean, in that game, Adams got 10 targets for six uh, six catches for 61 yards. And the other thing, and I don't know how much this played into it, it was also Adams' first game back from week two. Like, he had been out because of the injury as well. So, I don't know. I think so. it was right after their bye week because I remember he went into the bye week because mm-hmm. uh, he wanted to play the week before. So, I don't know how much that played into it. I, I just don't see – this offense just looks different. Green Bay has looked different really this back half of the season compared to what they did earlier in the year. So I, I don't know if they'll be able to shut down Adams. And honestly, I thought that's what the Rams were going to do. Uh, in all honesty, when they played them last weekend was I actually put Ramsey over on Lazard or Scantling and then double cover Adams because they have a very good secondary as well. But for the most part, they kind of traveled Ramsey with them and Adams has just kind of looked like a world beater here really this year as well. Those two, just the connection they've had is, has been amazing. I was watching uh, obviously in the Rams game and they were talking about it. I was at a, a bar with a group of my friends and we were watching the game and they're talking about at one point where Rogers just did like a quick, like one, like look and point something to Adams and completely changed his route or whatever. Like the connection that those two have is, is amazing. So I agree their, their defensive plan, it worked, obviously, back in week six. They'll probably try and do some of that again. Uh, I don't know if it'll work. I think it's going to be key what you guys said, and Aaron Jones or one of those guys stepping up. I think Bobby Tanyan could be a big guy to step up in this one because I don't think he had really broken out in the, in the degree that he did later in the season at that point. He wasn't the, the household name he kind of became uh, at that point in the season. So I've already made it very well known that I am taking the Packers to win this game. Who are you guys picking? Packers, Packers for me as well. Did you, did right. you predict the score, Fox? Um, yeah, 27-24. Oh, you, I feel like it's going to be higher scoring than that. I think be, if it goes but, higher scoring, I think that favors the Packers, if I'm being honest. 
I just I don't see Tampa Bay's off. I maybe I don't know. I need to stop doubting Brady in this offense because they keep proving me wrong. So never mind. I'm gonna take that back. The AFC Championship game on Sunday night is uh, definitely one we are all looking forward to. Thirteen and three Bills at the fourteen and two Kansas City Chiefs for Buffalo. Stephon Diggs still still dealing with the oblique injury. Gabriel Davis is the big one. Ankle injury limited in practice. He's listed as questionable. I think that would be huge. Uh, if he is not able to play in this game, especially with the way Beasley seems to still kind of be, be dealing with stuff. Uh, for Kansas City, obviously the big one is Mahomes. Still in concussion protocol, but he is practicing. Bell is dealing with the knee. Watkins, a calf. CEH, the ankle and the hip still all limited with practice. Limited practices and questionable. Start on the Chiefs side here. Uh, I guess the big question, because this will really kind of depend on how we evaluate this game. Do you guys expect Patrick Mahomes to get cleared from concussion protocol? Yes. Yeah, I do as well. I don't because he did, you know, as it came out, it basically he didn't have a concussion. He got choked out. Yeah. Yeah, but he's still in concussion protocol. Yeah. So that's that's like I the think, big thing. I feel like the fact he's been able to at least log limited practices all week is an encouraging sign. Um I I think he's gonna he's gonna get cleared because they're gonna unless they see something that could potentially threaten his life or his career going forward. That everybody wants him to be out there. The NFL wants him to be out there, especially since this is the prime time game, the one that's going to leak yeah. into prime time everywhere. Um, it's not quite the same when it's Chad Henney and the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I think I don't Henny know. Henney looked pretty good. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, let's not talk about Chad Henney right now. Uh, so. <laughs> With with the Chiefs though, so we do. I mean, I expect Mahomes to get cleared as well. The difference is they're playing; they're going to be playing a defense that I don't think they've really played this year. And and the one thing I will say, I know obviously they went up against Henny for the entire fourth quarter and seven minutes of the third quarter. The Browns' defense still held Patrick Mahomes to 19 points leading up until that point, which I think is a small victory for the Cleveland Browns' defense because I think it's all fair. We can all fairly say the Browns' defense is. Not nearly on the level that the Bills' defense is on. The Bills' defense did a great job shutting down Lamar Jackson. They've done a great job all year game planning for these specific quarterbacks and these specific teams. What is it you think Kansas City needs to do to get success here against this Buffalo defense? Well, I think one thing Kansas City seems to have gotten away, and we've seen it with Andy Reid teams in the past, they start to embrace that whole short pass as a handoff kind of approach. And you end up at the end of the game and you see that uh, that they've got, you know, nine rushing attempts or 12 rushing attempts. I think Kansas City has to run the ball uh, effectively. You know, they don't need to have a 100-yard rusher. But, if you know, if they rush the ball 18, 20, 22 times and get 90 yards, 85 yards, pick up some first downs, some tough yardage, and, and – not necessarily from Mahomes running, from actual running backs running the ball. Uh, I think that that will help open up some of the guys that are not Kelsey and Hill. Uh, Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, I think, are going to be just fine. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm gambling on it in our challenge here. Uh, it's it's as if I like Buffalo, but I just don't think it's their year. Yeah, so I think the the biggest thing for Kansas City is potentially it looks like um, they might they have a better shot at getting Ceh back this week. Uh, these two teams played during the regular season, and I think this was a matchup that I had been really looking forward to when I was going to come up in the regular season. Um, and it was in that October time frame when we had so many cases of COVID and COVID rescheduling that this was originally supposed to have been a Thursday night game that got shuffled and I think ended up getting played the following Tuesday. Uh, and I think that that had a little bit of an impact. But when they played, it was it was a one-score competitive game deep into the fourth quarter uh, until uh, Mahomes and the Chiefs were able to kind of get the field goal to put it away, ended up winning 26-17. Um, but this was one of CEH's hugest games during the regular season. He went for 161 yards. If the Bills get torn up, uh, you know, with somebody running away from them again like that, 
I think that will make it a little bit more difficult um, just because then, you know, it seemed like then they, they made moves to try to shore up the, the run defense. And that of course leaves you thinner in the back end and, and you still have Hill and uh, Kelsey that you have to face the, the chiefs have a formidable offense. Um, you know, and I think on the, on the flip side, Buffalo has to try to get something out of their running game. I get something going. They had a, a they had a pretty exciting offense during the regular season. I thought it took them a little while to get on track against the Colts and last week against the Ravens. They sputtered at times. They only had one really great drive for a touchdown. They ended up getting the other touchdown on defense for their own defense. I think they got a pressure Mahomes try to, to force him into some mistakes and force him off the field. They probably are going to need another big defensive play like they got last week to have a chance to really get the victory. Yeah. With, without Moss, um, I don't know what happened last week, but it felt like Buffalo just said, despite evidence to the contrary, we can't run the ball with Devin Singletary. Now he's not Derrick Henry by any stretch of the imagination, but he's ran the ball well uh, in spurts. And well, and they only gave him seven carries last week, so I don't right. even know how seven carries spread throughout four quarters. It's really hard to establish a rhythm. Yeah, it's like they they game plan. They almost game plan themselves out of the game. Uh, I, I don't know if Josh Allen is. You know, he's had a career year. I feel like this is probably going to be the best year of his career. Uh, I think there's some guys like we look at Mahomes, and I. I I feel like we look at him and think, you know, that's he he can achieve that again. Uh, with Allen, I think we look at it and go, you know, this was probably his career year. I think we do that last year with Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think a lot of people look at that and think that that was probably uh, going to be the best year of his career. But that the, the running, you know, I, this is going to be a game I think that's going to have uh, probably there's probably going to be close to 80, 85 pass attempts in this game. Uh, yeah. And it's probably not going to be in the best interest of either team. Yeah. Do you guys already talk about the Bills? Sorry, I'm having a major issue at the moment. So, all right. So I'll give my quick thoughts on that really quick. Uh, so the Chiefs, um, obviously, I do think they need to get back to the run game a little bit if they can. That does seem to be the weakest part of this Buffalo Bills defense is against the run. Um, and they're obviously going to have to try and control the clock a little bit because this Bills offense, I think you could argue, is just as explosive as the Chiefs offense is. I think for the Bills side of things, they're going to need Allen to play a really good game. He's been phenomenal so far most of the season, but really has not looked as the same guy here these past two games in the playoffs. Struggled against Indy, struggled against Baltimore uh, last week. I think both those defenses are better than what he's going to face this week against the Chiefs. Uh, but the Chiefs are going to know he's going to be passing the ball because they have no running attack, as Matt mentioned earlier, with uh, with us trying to avoid Devin Singletary at all costs. And they can't continue to run Josh Allen out there as their best running back as well. So I do think it's going to be a, a very interesting matchup to see how these defenses try and slow down these two quarterbacks that are clearly the uh, – the key cogs in their offenses. I am taking uh, the Buffalo Bills to pull off a nail-biter in this one and get back to the Super Bowl. Who are you guys picking? Both of you guys. I'm going the Chiefs. <laughs> I'm also taking the Bills. I got to work right. on that not swearing thing. Well, I'm already I'm already screwed anyways because I'm I'm pretty sure I'm already like behind you guys two picks because I picked the Browns and somebody else that lost recently as well. So, um, so what would be your guys' least desirable Super Bowl matchup? Uh, it, what is the one game I know we'll all be watching because we love football that much? Yeah. But if there was like one game that came on that you really didn't want to watch, what would it be? I think Tampa Buffalo. Yeah, I'm going to qualify this by saying I think. Mercifully, we've gotten four teams that, you know, there have been other years where you're like, God, if this one team gets in, it's going to be hard. Or, or you know, mercifully, I, I think any of these four could be a little bit interesting. But for me, it would probably be Tampa Bay, Kansas City. Um, yeah. You know, like Kansas City was there last year and also as our division rival. Um, 
it's impossible for me to, you know, wish well for them. You know, I, I've, I've moved on to not wishing ill for them, but I, I don't know about rooting for them. And Tom Brady's a great player, but never been a personal favorite. So that would probably be my least desirable matchup. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm kind of with Matt on that one. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I say, I, I, you know, I'm looking at it from, so I like, uh, I like dominant teams. I, I have my rooting interests, but right now I, I like Mahomes. I like the chiefs. So there's, there's no reason for me to kind of root against them because I would, I'd like to see maybe a team win three in a row. We've had numerous times where a team has won two in a row, but never three. This looks like a team that might be able to, to pull off three in a row. That's kind of why I would go Kansas City over Buffalo. Uh, I get Buffalo's been out a long time, but honestly, if I'm doing a power ranking of these teams, I, I've got Buffalo four. See, I would love to see Allen, and I would just like to see the Bills fan base get a uh, get a yeah. Super Bowl after getting going to four straight with Jim Kelly and losing. I, that's why I would I would whoever Buffalo played, I would I would end up probably cheering for. I actually like the Packers a lot. One of my best friends uh, is from there, massive Packers fan. So if it was Packers yeah. Buffalo, I have it picked. I'd be yeah. happy with whoever won because I love Rodgers. I'd love to see him get a second ring, but I would love to see Allen and Buffalo get it. See, if it was Kansas City, right now I have nothing but ill will toward Kansas City after what happened last week, so I can't just consciously as a Browns fan cheer for the for the Chiefs right now. And I don't want to see the, the Buccaneers win it just because I – I don't not like Brady, but I don't like Brady, if that makes sense. Like, I would like to just not see him get there and win it again. It's just kind of annoying, I think. So, but can you imagine? It would be six months of stories about his greatness, too. That's the only, I I think he's great, too. I just don't need a six months of uh, being in my face. I. He's one of the greatest of all time. You could argue the greatest. Or you could say, I don't know. For me, I continue to say Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback I've ever seen play until Patrick Mahomes showed up. There's nothing against Brady. Brady's got the rings. He's had a phenomenal career. This is definitely a different kind of quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. For me, the best quarterback I've ever seen play is Aaron Rodgers. So it's more of the fact that the dude's, I mean, he's had a lot go right for him, all right? Got a lot of money. Good-looking dude. Good-looking wife. A lot of championships. Let somebody else have a little bit of fun for once. That's all. That's all. See, I think if I was ranking the potential matchups, my most desirable would be Bills-Packers, which is what I picked. Then Chiefs-Packers, Bills-Tampa Bills, Bay, and then Chiefs-Tampa Bay. Just because there would be something interesting about Chiefs Packers in that it was the original Super Bowl and kind of going back that would be kind of a fun story thing too. Good matchup too for if it was because again Chiefs Chiefs weakness there is definitely a a little bit of the run game and being able to see Aaron Aaron Jones kind of going and just seeing uh, Mahomes and Rodgers dueling each other out there I think would be would be a great game as well so and I would be able to root for the Packers in winning and not seeing Mahomes and the Chiefs repeat so. All right, so let's go over some of the headlines really quick before we dive into our, our competitions really quick. So Dan Campbell hired by the Lions. I'll let the Lions fan take this one. You know, I want to be excited about it, but he just <laughs> seems like uh, he seems like a more excitable Matt Patricia. I mean, oh God. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I just I, – I want to believe. I really do. Hopefully they – I don't know if a decision has been made. It would be nice if they keep Bevel. Um, the team is bereft of talent. But, you know, to me, Campbell came off just kind of frat boy, bro kind of – You weren't were digging the uh, Lebowski references in the press conference? Uh, you know, that's fine. It's, it's no different than people with the Grateful Dead or Fish or – or any fucking movie, but it, it's just to to me. I, I you know you gotta you gotta give somebody a shot. I guess I'm happy that they didn't choose a retread, but of the guys that we had out there available, I don't know if this this is necessarily the guy that I would like to have steward the remaining years of Matthew Stafford's well, career. What seemed weird to me is uh, Pat and I talked about this a little bit on Monday. 
I Dan Campbell wasn't on my radar until the weekend when it they said that Lions have been locked in on him since the beginning. I was like, but why? Well, I, mean, I still there, there, there I was a lot of talk him. about him a couple of years ago whenever we talked about it yeah. on the show when he was the anaerobe and again oh, all you know, what, what you brought up the the fact that he's been with Sean Payton for the past couple of years they feel like he's you know been mentored under one of the greats. Now I do like the fact that he looks at DeAndre Swift and says, "Hey man, this is my Alvin Kamara." You know, yeah. that to sign. me that that's a great sign. You know, until they sign Bevel get, back, and then Kerry John Johnson still gets 15 carries every week. Get Kenny Galladay back to be the Michael Thomas. You know, I'm okay. I'm okay if we're going to run it like that. It's so but. I have an interesting Go. question for you. I think this was brought up on, it may have been on the Dynasty Nerds show. I can't remember, but it may have been. Allen Robinson's a free agent. If Dan Campbell goes to Matt Stafford and says, hey, we can either bring back Kenny Galladay or we can get you Allen Robinson. They've got the cap to make a couple moves. Who would you rather have them bring back? Kenny Galladay or would you have them bring Alan in Allen Robinson? Robinson? You, you, the thing that tips it to Robinson for me is that he has been healthy. Uh, he had the one year he tore his ACL, but other than that, he's he's been healthy. Galladay has had had he's had a decent amount of uh, nicks and cuts and bruises and injury issues, and you know this season I don't know what the hell was going on with this season. I think but, it's just the way he plays, man. He plays so he he reminds yeah. me. I hate putting it this way, but he reminds me so much of Calvin Johnson when he plays with the, he, how physical he is, and I think that's because he's not quite the size that Calvin Johnson was. So I wonder if maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah, I mean, I I, I like Galladay, and you know, there's not a lot of people I'm going to take over him. Uh, but if I have to choose, if if it's Robinson or Galladay. By a nose, I'm taking Robinson. All right, so Nick Sirianni was hired by the Philadelphia Eagles today. He was the Indianapolis Colts offensive coordinator. Am I remembering that yeah. correctly? Offensive okay, I wasn't really sure. <laughs> Dang it, I was trying to hit the mute Where's button you? and I did not get to it quick enough. Thank you. Which, Thoughts the on interesting, Well, the interesting thing is, you know, we had talked about it. it seemed like the Colts might be interested in getting Carson Wentz to go over there. Maybe they were interested, so he went to Carson Wentz. Yeah, yeah, I know. I saw a lot of people talking, and I don't necessarily agree with everything they said here, but uh, a good young quarterback, uh, good weapons, which I agree with, uh, some at least. They've got, I think, Miles Sanders, Jalen Rager. They've definitely got some draft picks to possibly pick up another wide receiver. But then some people were saying they still have a good offensive line. That's kind of where I disagree, although they are getting some players back off injury. Uh, I still wouldn't say that that's like even a top half of the league offensive line. Yeah, it's definitely a downgrade. From yeah. what he had in Indianapolis, yeah. Well, I mean, Costanzo retired. Costanzo retired, though, so you know they're losing that in Indy. Um, the number one need for the Eagles, I think, is the the offensive line. Though I think Kelsey's getting up there in years. I don't think he's got a ton of time left. You know, the ghost of Jason Peters needs to go back to the cemetery. Well, they they probably wouldn't even have brought him back if they they. If I well, remember, they Brandon had a ton yeah. of pre, yeah, a pre, ton of injuries even before yep. the season started. They did, and, you know, they and they brought him back to replace Brandon Brooks at guard because Brooks got injured towards ACL or uh, Achilles or something. Um, yeah, and yeah so, he'll be back. Someone else, I think I can't remember who it is, but they'll both be back. Yeah, but it's it's. I think though they they need to bring in some youth. They're getting up there in years. Uh, I, I don't know. Lane Johnson is good. Uh, I don't. You're, you're not going to move him around as as tempting as it might be. I think you just keep him over there on the right side and you let him play there for ten more years. But uh, they need to they need to get some more offensive linemen in there. Whether Wentz is the quarterback or whether. Uh, uh, it's hurts. I'd imagine it's going to be Wentz because it sure seems like the whole move to broom a coach and finding a new coach was, hey, you know, are you willing to come in and make this guy your guy? Well, that's what it, that's what Loria said pretty much is that Wentz is their yeah. guy. I'm I'm pretty and, sure that's why he's they, the owner. Yeah, he's going to get whatever he wants. Uh, unfortunately, whether well, I think I agree, I think that's kind of the biggest reason why 
Peterson was kind of showing the doors. I know they said a lot of the coaching staff stuff as well, but it seemed very much that Peterson kind of wanted to stick with Hurts, and that was just not going to fly. Well, and even in the reporting today, they said Wentz had planned to demand a trade in the offseason until Peterson was let go, and then that seems to – so there something was going on there. The only good thing I'll say for Sirianni is the Eagles do still have – some talented players. They're not that far removed from winning a Super Bowl, and the NFC East could not be a more winnable division right now. Like if you're going in there, all those teams have some potential, but none of them you look at as being a lock. You know, there were more attractive coach opening positions, but also teams that had a, a much bigger hill to climb. So Philadelphia, if you make a couple of shrewd moves, and you're able, you know, if if some of what was wrong was injuries and culture you could turn that around and be back in the playoffs because, you know, NFC East next year probably wouldn't surprise any of us if nine wins gets you in the playoffs. All right, so last two news items. Uh, we'll stick with the easier one first because I feel like the second one might be a little bit of a discussion here. Haskins signs with the Steelers. Uh, what are your – I think it's just a one-year deal as of now. What are your guys' thoughts on this for Haskins and then if this means anything for Big Ben? I don't think it means anything for Big Ben next year. I think that uh, Pittsburgh looked around and said, uh, we ain't got no money and we need to upgrade our backup quarterback situation. Let's buy a lottery ticket uh, in a former first-round pick and see if, he, see if we can help him get his head on straight. I think, by and large, Pittsburgh's locker room is one of the better locker rooms in the NFL. Uh, you know, they keep a lot, they keep their shit in the locker room. Uh, not that they don't have any nutcases. Uh, I think we saw that with James Harrison and Antonio Brown and Plexico Burris and whatnot. They, they've got their share, share of idiots in that room, but they keep it in house real well. So Haskins has got some talent, whether he can put it all together. I don't know, maybe go in there and, playing behind Ben for a year and, and working with Ben. Uh, it's not out of the realm of possibility to see him get cut for getting in a fight with Mason Rudolph. Yeah. I mean, I think we're all assuming at this point, Ben's probably coming back for one more year. And I, I agree with you. Pittsburgh's probably looking not only they want to have some more options, but also they've got to start looking at who can we potentially, because even if Ben comes back for one more year, the big three from that draft class, you know, Eli went out last year, Rivers gone this year. Ben's yeah. kind of the last man standing. And to me, it looked like he faded a little bit from where he was at the beginning of the season to, to the end. I think that had a lot to do with their kind of one and five finish and, and definitely looked like he semi imploded in the first half of that playoff game. Yeah. That would give me a moment of pause. The question is whether, it was the situation uh, or in Washington or the player in Dwayne Haskins. And I think, you know, Mike Tomlin is a no-nonsense guy. They have a pretty no-nonsense system. If he can make it there and get through and and kind of achieve some of that talent, then he's got a shot. But if he pulls some of the stuff, you know, it's hard – if you thought Robert Rivera was no nonsense, that certainly seems to be Mike Tomlin. I don't think Tomlin's going to shy away from cutting him if he does some of those dingbat things. No, no, not at all. And and I I do think that could could Haskins be the long term successor to Ben? I it's not outside the range of possibilities. It's not likely. It's more that it's more likely he's a uh, one year back up to Ben shows some good stuff. Ben retires. Maybe they, maybe Ben gets sat down like they did with Eli for Daniel Jones. Uh, but and Haskins plays some next year, and then they re-sign him to a two or three year deal while they get their cap space and they get their draft picks in order uh, after you know getting behind the eight ball a bit. Uh, you know, he could be that guy. Maybe, you know, he, to me, he could go on and play 10 years and, and be, you know, a top top half of the league quarterback if he gets his shit together. 
to me, this is probably mostly an indictment of Mason Rudolph's long-term prospects as in them saying, we know you're not the guy. Yeah, and I, I would say the one thing, at least I hope for Haskins, I still believe he has the talent to to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I heard you saying it just a minute there, Matt is coming back. This, this is his chance. Uh, you don't get many second chances in the NFL. A lot of people have said that the reason – his time kind of flamed out the way it did in Washington was because of how immature he was and how, I guess, he did not take this serious and as a business. So I do hope going to a Steelers organization, whereas even as a Browns fan, I will say they've a great, they're have a a great organization. They seem to handle things the right way almost all the time. Uh, this is his shot to kind of turn it around and, and possibly turn his career around. So I am, I'm rooting for him, and I hope that Tomlin can get through to him and kind of build up on that. I don't think this means much for Big Ben. I, I, whether Big Ben comes back or not, I don't think they're signing Haskins to be their future. I think Dennis was just saying, you know, maybe – if Ben moves on, they've got Haskins for a year, and then they can kind of move forward from there. I, I would think at worst that's it. I don't know unless Haskins goes out there. If Ben does move on and has a, a huge year, I don't know if they're going if they're bringing in Haskins to necessarily be the answer. The last, last one. This will be the interesting one. Looks like Rivers for sure has retired. We're waiting on Breeze, but all the signs are pointing toward him retiring. There was quite a few um, posts from yesterday that said Breeze announced his retirement too, which I didn't see I didn't from see actual that. NFL reporters, like saying both of them had had agreed to go, and a lot of stories about them going out together. I thought that was interesting. I'll wait to see like a official Drew Breeze post to retire, but I mean, we everybody's expecting it. Everybody's yeah. expecting him to retire at this point, so. The easy one is Breeze, right? I mean, he's he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, no question about it. Not even really worth the discussion. The interesting one is Rivers. If you go in and you just look stats-wise, and I understand that he's been in the league for a long time, but stats-wise, he's up there in the top five of almost all categories when it comes to quarterbacks. But he's not really perceived as a guy who – is a Hall of Famer by a lot of people. Maybe that's because he never really won that Super Bowl, never even got to a Super Bowl. He he always seemed to kind of be on those dominant Chargers teams that seemed to get knocked out in that first round of the playoffs. Or they, I don't even think they ever made a conference final, did they? I think they made one. I'm going to look now. So I guess your guys' thoughts. I'll go first. I, I do think that he is a Hall of Famer, but I'm also someone who thinks Eli Manning is as well. I just think... 15 years from now, when you come back and look at the NFL and you realize that Phillip Rivers is still leading in some of these, not leading, but at the top of some of these categories, and you start to realize that Phillip Rivers was doing what quarterbacks are doing now in an era that was not as pass-friendly as some may think it was. It was still very much a run-the-ball kind of thing. They had LaDainian Tomlinson, and still Phillip Rivers was able to put up the numbers that he was. I think you're going to kind of look back and think, man, Rivers did really have a good career. I understand that he wasn't always the clutchest in the playoffs, but I, I distinctly remember a game where he played with a torn ACL and as someone who stubs their toe is out for and a day. I that, forgot. That was actually part of his – that was the lone AFC championship game he was in. That was, was part of his retirement goodbye. It was against the Patriots in 2007 on January 20th. He made a point of saying this was – the day I played with no ACL in an AFC championship, they lost to the Patriots. That was his lone championship game appearance. Gotcha. So for me, I think just looking at his overall body of work and everything, I do think that he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't think he'll get in first ballot, uh, but I do think he eventually gets in. Dennis, what are your thoughts on Rivers and his Hall of Fame candidacy? So let me ask you this. Rivers has played for, what, 19 years? 17 years? 17 years. At any point in 17 years, did anybody say this is the best quarterback in the NFL? I mean, I'd have to go back and look through the seven. Did anybody say this is the second best quarterback in the NFL? I I mean, did anybody say this is the third best quarterback? No, the answer to all them questions is no. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I I can barely remember what happened yesterday, much less. He's he's really good. Phillip Rivers was really good. In an era where he played through the transition era, and yes, in in the early part of his career, he put up numbers that were a little more extraordinary compared to 
the NFL now. In this part of his career, he didn't put up extraordinary numbers compared to what the NFL is now. So he started out at a level, and he basically stayed there his whole career. If, if the NFL hadn't changed, he probably would be a Hall of Famer. But the NFL changed, and he, he didn't get markedly better. He never at, – at, at no point was anybody saying he's a top – He's the top quarterback. He's the second best. He's, I don't even know if anybody ever said he was top five. He's really good. I don't, I don't know that you ever, I, I don't know that it warrants Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's probably, I mean, it's really tough. He has some impressive cumulative numbers, but ultimately, too, I feel like the Hall of Fame, you know, what what separates a guy from who was a really quality NFL player to somebody who's in the Hall of Fame ends up, especially at the quarterback position, coming down to winning. In 16 seasons, he, his team's posted double-digit wins five times, and that includes the 11-5 and five this year. So in 16 years with the Chargers, they were only in double-digit wins, 10 or more, four times. That's a quarter of the time. He's five and seven in his career in the playoffs. You know, I feel like there was a lot of times where in, you know, in some clutch moments, he kind of came apart. Um, those are, I feel you compared him to Eli Manning. I that's, that's not a terrible one because of where they were drafted. I almost more put it on. These are the cases when people were trying to make an argument for Tony Romo. And I will tell you, I, you know, my personal feeling about him as an announcer aside, I'm not sure he makes it in as a player for some of the same re reasons. I don't know that Rivers makes it in as a player. There are, there are a lot of guys that were good that put up some good numbers that were very good players. And he was a very good NFL player. As somebody who is a Broncos fan, I loathe and despise Philip Rivers. And it's because it was, frustrating as hell to play against that guy for 16 years because he's a fierce competitor. He's an epic trash talker. If we were talking about trash talk hall of fame, he's a first ballot. No question to me darn. from a, from a playing standpoint. I just, I don't know if he gets in the numbers are impressive. The numbers are more impressive to me than I even realized. I heard, you know, I was reading or listening to something today, and they said he's fifth all time in touchdown passes. Not once would that have crossed my mind before they said it. He's put up some great numbers because he's been a starter for a long time in some high volume offenses. I just don't know if there are those kind of moments that you think of as like the championship moments or the gritty moments that are the things that voters think about when they're trying to punch your name in a ballot full of people who were great players that had some great stats. I mean, when you talk about rivers or you think about rivers in those gritty moments that he had invariably, everybody who recounts some sort of gritty Philip rivers story, he battled back he put the team on his back, immediately follows up with a story about a five-interception game where he <laughs> melted down. You know, it, it's it, – no, he, he's not a Hall of Famer. All right, well, I look forward to both you guys being wrong in like 10-ish years because it's going to take a little bit of time for him to get in, but he will get in. Well, it'll, take right, that, it'll, it'll take that long at least for people to forget that he was never the best player in the – at his position it's, in the NFL. It's not, all, it's not always well, about I, You know, I don't know. That's a tough metric. Because there's guy different against Brady and well, Manning every year. I mean, how many quarterbacks are we going to be able to see? Brady did it every year. best at their position. But Brady is one of the best of all time. Like, when he goes into the Hall of Fame, he goes into that section part of the Hall of Fame where the best of the best go. There's also parts of the Hall of Fame for really great players that may not have been on the Brady, the Rodgers. Yeah, they buy the, tickets to get in. Now, there's other parts of the Hall of Fame that have players that are very but, good and have but look, very you not be able to afford that. Have you seen? He has like 95 kids. It has so to be a family. Not, trip. Only 90, I don't know if you can buy 94. I mean, 94 you consider Hall of Fame stuff to me. Yeah, being the best at your position in the NFL matters. Eli, I think, makes it in because while Eli was never the best at his position, Eli was a big game guy. Eli, Eli was very mediocre. 
Two plays. That's it. Because the but dude is five hundred. Philip Rivers did not. I understand that, but that has to stand for something. Where those two point. plays happen? They happened in the Super Bowl, but you know what? Wins oh, are not a quarterback where? stat. Super Bowls are not a quarterback stat. Tom Brady did not win six Super Bowls by himself. No, he was he a part didn't. of six Super Bowls. Yes, Ben Roethlisberger. If you want to go that route, Ben Roethlisberger has won one Super Bowl. Let me ask you this: Who was second in command to General Patton? Don't know. Don't care. But I don't like history. So. Omar Bradley. Nobody cares. Uh, if, nobody. Nah, Matt Fox cares. So Philip Rivers is going. That's what you tell George MacArthur, Omar Bradley. Because you know what? There's going to be enough voters who are just like Matt. They're going to know that. And and actually, Patton wasn't the chief of the army. No, but he won those big wars overseas. In his he, won few, he won a few battles, but he wasn't right. ever the top general either. All right, so let's go into the to the playoff stuff, Matt. Did you did you calculate? You have all yep. the stuff calculated up. So go ahead and give the one that's just the three of us first, and then we'll go into the bigger one. So through uh, two weeks, uh, uh, you know, you may not have appreciated all the game outcomes last weekend, but you had a good weekend, and you are leading two hundred five point one five. I'm in second, uh, one eighty five point two two five, and Dennis and I are really close, razor thin. He's at one eighty three point one two five. So uh, it's really still anybody's game. You have about a twenty point uh, advantage on me, and I have about a point and a half on Dennis. So that Michael. Um, Zero man. We both took Michael uh, Thomas. Yeah. I'm pretty oh, sure yeah. Michael Thomas. I'm pretty sure Michael Thomas and Rob Gronkowski are the reasons. I was leading after one week by a lot. I put up like 127 points. The second week I put up 60 points. So really last week, um, you know, my concentration on getting my wife at the airport and not getting divorced really cost me in this competition. Yeah. I would like to say. In our in our long-term competition, well, hang on. Let's give let's give okay. uh, our lineups really quick, and then go to that. So I'm this week rolling: Patrick Mahomes, Ronald Jones, Daryl Williams, Tyree Kill, Mike Evans, Gronk, the Bills defense, and Tyler Boston. So for those of you who've been watching the past couple weeks and think, "Well, hey, we're not supposed to double up because it's only four games," you can use whomever you want at this point. But it's a you use them, still you lose them. So if if the Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win, I'm screwed next week. Yeah, if the Chiefs win, I'm also screwed. I I took well, so I've I knowing that there was a strategy, I have specifically not taken any NFC quarterbacks. So no matter which NFC team wins, I'll be okay. Yeah, I didn't uh, say at that. that at that position. <laughs> I've got um, I've got uh, that, and hopefully I've got either if Antonio Brown plays or Devontae Adams. That's about all I have going for me because <laughs> if the Packers are out, I'm screwed on RBs. Um, so I'm taking Patrick Mahomes, Leonard Fournette, Devin Singletary. Please just ignore everything I said about Devin Singletary. He's going to have a spectacular game. Uh, Chris Godwin, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Bills defense, special team, and Harrison Butker. If the Chiefs win, I might as well just not even play. So for me, uh, I I had to going into next week. It's going to be very very thin uh, at wide receiver for me. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter for all of us. Doesn't matter who is there. Cole Beasley, wide receiver number one next week for me. Gabriel Davis. Uh, <laughs> so I, I went with Mahomes as well. Daryl Williams at running back. Devin Singletary. Mike Evans. Tyreek Hill. Uh, Robbie Robert Tunyon at tight end. Green Bay defense and Tyler Bass. All right. So give us uh, give us the other one, Matt. Okay, in our bigger competition through two weeks, I'm in first place uh, with a cumulative total of 329 uh, and 3.35. Tony is in second place, really close, 324.15. And then RJ Wilson uh, is in third at 312.175. But he and I were talking, I think he and I have the same players left, uh, which he was disappointed about. Dennis, you're you've got two sixty five point three five through a couple weeks, so you're about eighty points behind uh, the lead. And then Matt, you have two seventy one point six five. I'm not even sure what that competition is. That's where you're the one where we picked one from each team and they carry. Oh, okay. Out. So fortunate. What really worked out 
uh, for me is I took Allen and Brady as my quarterbacks, so I basically am getting three full rounds of two quarterback play, at least. Yeah, I don't remember who I picked, so I think I have Rodgers in there. Either Rodgers or Adams. I yeah, you have you have Rodgers. I have Adams. Uh, you have let's see, you still have oh no, you have Patrick Mahomes and and Josh Allen left. And you have – so you'll definitely pull at least one quarterback through. Yeah. I mean, there's a chance I end up with neither quarterback. You also have Devontae Adams and – Pretty sure I have Rojo, right? I know I went Rojo from No, Tampa. you didn't go – yeah, you did. You went Rojo. Which one more game, that's, Rojo. That's Come probably on, what's been hurting you. You have 6.2 points combined. I The players wow. I have left in the competition is Allen and Brady – I have Devontae Adams and I have Travis Kelsey and the players Dennis has left. You have Rogers and Allen um, and you have Rob Kronkowski. That's been a tough one. And Travis Kelsey. So you have two quarterbacks, two tight ends. So be interesting to see what we pull through into the final round. Yeah, yeah, definitely feel like I'm going to be last, so uh, that'll be fun there. So we will uh, be back on Monday, me and Matt, to recap the conference championship games. Hope everybody enjoys their weekend. Enjoy the football, and we will talk to you guys again on Monday. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Oh, they tackle him at the point of line. Who can make a play? I can't! Who can make a play? I can't!